Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Who Day Over 40 podcast for long time, long suffering Cincinnati Bengals fans. Who day, everybody? Wow, uh, the preseason has begun. Uh, games all across the NFL this past weekend, including the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to talk about that. Uh, no hutch again today. Uh, so we're going to get through this podcast. And so let me set the show for you. So up first, um, still no hutch. Uh, we got three segments in the show. The first segment, um, Joe Burrow is back. You know, this should have been an emergency pod with all the crew from Brothers, from Brothers Comics and Who Day Over 40. Uh, but we'll talk about that. We'll recap the, uh, preseason loss as the Bengals go down 36 to 23 to the Arizona Cardinals at Paycor Stadium. And the last segment will swing around the AFC North and, uh, talk about their happenings in their first preseason game. But up first, segment number one, y'all. Joe Burrow is back. Uh, he participated in practice today. Today is Sunday, August the 14th. He participated in seven on sevens. How did he look? He looked like Joe Burrow, according to everybody that was there. Dropped a couple of dimes that like you can see on uh, video and on Twitter. Uh, he was only supposed to play a couple of snaps, but he wound up being out there with the ones and the twos, taking snaps in seven on seven. So I think it's safe to say that he's back. I think we can um, all breathe a sigh of relief. Thank all our prayers to whoever we sent them up to. Uh, but the quarterback is back and um he should be out at least on a limited basis here the next couple of weeks. I don't know that he was going to play in the preseason anyway. Uh, they have a game against the Giants and I think a week from today. Um, but I can't imagine that he's actually going to play in that game. Um, and then we'll see what happens with the joint practices with the Rams the following week. Um, and see if there's anything that happens there. But yeah, Joe Burrow is back. Thank God. Uh, it was a rough couple of day, weeks there. Uh, people were wondering about what was going to happen post surgery and he didn't bounce back as quick as we all thought he would. Um, but hey, he's back. So yay. Good job. Happy, 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 happy. And including that, even before we get into the preseason game, before that game started, Joe Burrow, we should have known was coming back because he was out there participating in the warmups. You know, he did all the warmups. He was running, you know, 50%, 80% speed. I don't really know. Uh, doing wind spurts with the offense, you know, and then he wound up sitting and on the bench and staying for the game too. So all indications point that everything's going in the right directions for Joe Burrow. Um, and that's, uh, great news, you know, as we are less than a month away from playing the Steelers at Paycor Stadium on September 11th. Okay. So that was segment one. Let's get into segment two, the preseason game, y'all. This might be a long segment, and if you're watching on video, you can see me going to my notes. Uh, the Bengals lose 36-23 at Paycor. Um, my first thing, and Hutch, Hutch isn't here, so I can't. It's the same thing I say all the time. Don't overreact to preseason games, good or bad. I used to do that as a 90s Bengals fan, and the Bengals would win games, and I'd be excited. And then they would win five, six games in a season, and I would under, I wouldn't understand that. So I learned to not overreact to preseason games. You start to look for things, you know, especially like rookies or somebody that's been brought in and signed. But overall, the scores don't really matter. But there were some highlights and some lowlights. Um, I'm a positive person, generally speaking. So let's get to the highlights. Um, one, Evan McPherson. He's a beast. He's an absolute beast. I know people didn't want to draft a kicker when they drafted him. But he was good from 56 and 58 yards. And if you watch the game, those kicks would have been good from probably 60 plus at some point there. Uh, just all the leg in the world. 
dude's a beast, an absolute weapon. He's kicking from the logo, as it says. Um, I saw somebody say he's the Steph Curry of kickers at this point. You know, so he's just dropping shots uh, from everywhere. A complete weapon. Anytime the Bengals are at the 40-yard line of their opponent at this point, it's a potential for three points with uh, with Evan McPherson. So stock way up for him. Next some of the other highlights, Dax Hill. Uh, first round rookie from Michigan, uh, starting at safety. He played with all the other backups as somebody who's probably going to play a lot more than most of the people that were on the field, um, Friday night. Um, he gave up a touchdown early on a, um, you know, a play fake that he just got behind. And then he had two PBUs, you know, pass breakups. And then he almost had an interception in the end zone on another one that he just couldn't come down with when he got to the ground. But, um, he looked good. You know, you would think that he's going to look good. And on a related note to that, which is probably more good news, uh, before the game, Jesse Bates posted on his Instagram of him, um, you know, uh, it was a picture of a, the Bengals helmet out on the field someplace where he was. And then later in the game, it was found out at the game, he was in one of the suites watching the game. And then there was another Instagram video with him training with his Bengals helmet on at that place he had posted before. So Jesse Bates will be back here soon enough. He, I, I, this has been the nicest holdout of all times, probably, and definitely in Bengals history. You know, they like him. He likes them. He just didn't want to come back and get injured. And I can't blame him. He'll sign his extension or the franchise tag. And, you know, now we're going to have those three safety looks with him, Von Bell, and Dax Hill. Um, that's a lot of ground to cover in the deep side of that. And let's Von Bell, you know, do what he does best, which is up around the line of scrimmage. So, um, yeah, just welcome back. Maybe with some of this new money, they could probably bring Jesse Bates back. Well, probably not, but no, I don't think there's any hard feelings on either side. And, you know, welcome back, Jesse Bates. Um, a couple of other standouts, uh, Zach Carter, uh, third round pick, defensive tackle played really, really well against the run. Had a great stop on McSorley on one of those, um, run pass options where he didn't fall for it. He's definitely going to be pushing for minutes and play time. Uh, when the season starts, you know, to try to replace, um, Larry Ogunjobi at that, uh, you know, that three tech defensive tackle. So he looked really good. Jeff Gunther, the seventh round pick out of coastal Carolina looked really well, really good as well. Uh, some pressures actually wound up, did get wound up getting a sack. I think maybe the only sack of the evening for them, seventh round pick, I, I telling longtime Bengal folks, he reminds me a lot of Michael Johnson. Uh, he's not as tall, of course, but his, just his demeanor. And how he plays reminds me a lot of those early years of Michael Johnson. If we can get that kind of production out of him, you know, over the course of his career, we'll be in good shape. And then Chris Evans uh, starts at running back. Obviously, Joe Mixon's not playing. First play from offensive play for the Bengals, he jots 70-some-odd yards down the field, should have scored, didn't, and then it gets brought back by a hold. And we'll, we'll talk about the holding penalty and the person committing it in segment three. Uh, then he has a nice 41 yard kickoff on the kick returns. So there's this debate, but that shouldn't be one. Chris Evans should be running back number two and Samwise Ganji or Samaji P. Ryan should be the third running back and primarily on special teams. Now I know putting Chris Evans back there on kickoffs, even though he's good at it, could potentially get him hurt for being, uh, running back number two, but I, I it, there's no reason at this point on third downs that Chris Evans shouldn't be in the game, other than the fact that if he can't, you know, figure out the blocking on those sacks to protect Joe Burrow. But 
it, yeah, Chris Evans stock way, way up. And hey, you might date a Kardashian. You have some odds there. If you know that particular story. But yeah, those are the highlights that I thought I saw during the game. Um, but you can't have highlights without lowlights, y'all. And we'll get to that, uh, at the start of this middle, uh, in the start of the middle segment in a second. Hey, we're back. Uh, can do highlights and not do the lowlights. Uh, and if you're looking on YouTube, my list of lowlights, pretty freaking long. Um, and again, let's not overreact. It's preseason. I understand that, but there was just some disturbing trends there. I don't really even know where to start. I have four of them and I was going to go in order of trouble, but maybe I'll just go from the backside. Let's look at Thad Moss. Um, excuse me, Thad Moss. That was the holding call on him on the long run on the first play from scrimmage for the Bengals that negated that 70-yard run from Chris Evans. And then he has another holding call that stopped a touchdown from Chris Evans later in the game. Dude, dude has a shot to actually make the team and be a contributor this season besides Joe Burrow's bag man and best friend. He actually has a shot to do that. But... It can't happen this way. You can't have these like killer penalties. And again, he's not known for his blocking, but look at it, y'all. CJ is Uzama is gone. Drew Sample is out with a knee, and Mitchell Wilcox walked off gingerly on Friday night himself. This is his opportunity to get to tight end number two because of the injuries, and he can't have days like this. I mean, he just cannot. I know Burrow is on his side here, but he cannot cannot have these types of things happen to him and figure to make the Cincinnati Bengals this season. Um, all right. How about uh, penalties? There were way too many. There were 11 penalties for over 100 yards. You know, I don't need to say too much more about that, but obviously that's concerning. Got to clean that up. Um, how about uh, the defense overall? I mean, again, the Cardinals scored 36 points in a preseason game. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, the good that we saw with Dax Carter and or Dax Hill and Zach Carter. And Gunther, that was good. But the rest of the defense overall, has anybody seen Tyler Shelton? Is he on a milk carton somewhere? I saw him on the sidelines. Are they holding him out because they didn't want him to get hurt? Are they holding him out? I don't know. Maybe they're going to trade him. Why is he not out there? He should have been out there. He wasn't. Don't really know what's going on with Tyler Shelton. Um, the cornerback play uh, outside of Jalen Davis, pretty freaking awful. Uh, so, you know, that cornerback depth is actually a little bit hurt now. Cam Taylor Britt. Britt suffered a core muscle injury, and they say he's going to be out for a few weeks. Not quite sure how long that's going to be. So he was brought in to push and challenge Eli Apple for a backup or, or the starting position, and now he's not going to be there. So now that shifts up to cornerbacks at uh, one rung for everybody, and that's probably Jalen Davis's shot to actually make the 53, maybe not get activated, but it's probably got a chance for him to make the 53-man roster um, coming forward, depending on how, how long that Cam Taylor Britt is going to be out. Uh, no pass rush. Absolutely no pass rush. I did see, I was like, all right, here we go. Joseph Osai. I, I think I read somewhere he played two or four snaps. So they know, like, we're not, we're not trying to get him injured. I was screaming at the TV, like, take Gunter out, take Gunter out. Don't Joseph Osai him and get him hurt. You know, you've seen what he can do a little bit. You can limit his snaps. Uh, same thing with Zach Carter. Uh, don't get those guys injured in a meaningless preseason game because you just want to see them play against some other backups. Uh, but yeah, other than that, defense pretty sad overall. I'm sure Lou Amarino was pretty hot with most of those dudes. Uh, but he also knows that he's not counting on all of them next to hardly any of them moving forward. 
And then number one, the offensive line, y'all. Don't overreact to preseason, right? Okay, fine. The starting offensive line for this game was nobody that should be playing any long extended minutes barring an injury, knock on wood. So Hakeem Adenogy's out there. Uh, it just it wasn't a good group. <laughs> just overall, it wasn't a good group. But who was out there was Jackson Carmen, who has been figured in, counted on, and had been taking all the first team reps, all of training camp at left guard. So the assumption is that, hey, he came into camp, he had a better attitude, he was in shape, he, they moved him to the left side, which is the more comfortable side from the right side. Everything looked to be pointing up for Jackson Carmen. And then we played, and he looked like crap. I don't want to use the word because this podcast is for children. He looked like crap overall, getting pushed back on skates. You know, we used to call a former Bengal player here Kid Roller Skates. This might be Kid Roller Skates Part 2. He's getting pushed back. He's freaking getting swim moved. Quarterbacks are not good at all. And you really have to wonder what's going on with him. Is it in his head? Is this confidence? Is it? I don't know. There's something going on. It's not physical ability, but is it a mental thing? His confidence is shot. Like something is going on when them lights come on, and he was not good at all. Um, yeah. And so today's practice, he doesn't come up or show up. Looks like, oh, he's got an injury, probably his ego. And now Cordell Volston is taking the 13 snaps. Again, watching offensive line play, I'm not a coach. I'm not watching film. I'm a fan. He did look better as a fan than Jackson Carmen did, but he also couldn't have looked much worse than Jackson Carmen did. So Volson goes in with the first team reps at left guard. Let's see what happens, you know, when Jackson Carmen comes back from his injury, air quotations. But the Bengals also need to pick up the bat phone and call Quentin Spain. Quentin Spain got plenty of experience playing left guard, plenty of experience playing left guard on this team. He would make that unit more experienced and not depending upon a second year left guard who is, you know, potentially struggling. And you can't have that one piece there getting beat and getting to the quarterback so soon. Like you just can't do it. Like we, the whole, everything has been about protecting Joe Burrow. Quentin Spain is a better player than Volston and Jackson Carmen at this point. Don't be cheap because you don't want to spend a couple of million dollars it's going to take to get him in there. You need to bring him back. And I will say off the top of my head also, too, maybe bring back um, uh, Trey Hopkins as well because you have nothing at backup center. Trey Hill, garbage. What, J- Gallard or whatever, garbage. Ben, whatever they undrafted, garbage. You have nothing at backup center. And if somehow Karras goes down, you are completely and utterly screwed. So maybe bring them both back to, you know, it's, it's been a running back, run it back kind of situation for the Super Bowl. Bringing both of those dudes back on one year deals would probably be in the best interest of the Bengals. Let's see if they're smart enough to do it. Uh, I'm not sure altogether. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where we are. So yeah, it's, it was ugly, y'all. That offensive line was ugly. Uh, Quentin, or was it, uh, Isaiah Prince and, uh, Akeem Adenogy started in a Super Bowl. They were playing against people that will not be in the league in two weeks and were getting beat bad. It, this, this can't continue. We, we, we can't. Again, they're going to be backups, but at some point they're probably going to need to play some meaningful minutes. They need to be better than what they were. All right.
So that's segment two, y'all. And let's gonna come back and swing it around the AFC North in segment three. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back, y'all. Segment three. Let's swing it around the AFC North and see what's going on with uh oh those terrible, terrible teams that are in our division. Uh, first up, uh, the Ravens. The Ravens have a 21-game preseason winning streak, which is pretty amazing, but not so much either because they do draft so well. So they have depth, like in a lot of spots. So I could see their third and fourth stringers beating up on other teams, third and fourth stringers that don't draft so well. So that, that's not a surprise at all. Uh, the biggest news probably coming out of their camp is um, Lamar Jackson said that he's not going to negotiate his long-term deal after week number one or after the season starts. Uh, so... I don't know if that puts incentive on uh, both sides to try to get a deal done. It really seems like he's just going to bet on himself and the Ravens are going to let him bet on himself. And it's a prove it or not prove it deal at this point for both sides. Because if he goes out and he plays really well, you're going to have to pay him even more money than you thought you were going to have to pay him. And if he goes out and he shits the bed or they don't do that well, they can make a decision on if they want to, you know, keep him or not. And, you know, maybe franchise tag him and trade him or something like that. But, yeah, it's a, it's a contentious situation a little bit more than the Jesse Bates situation, that's for sure. All right, uh, the Steelers, y'all. Um, all three quarterbacks played. They also won their game. The Bengals were the only team that lost their preseason game in the AFC North. All three quarterbacks played well, is whatever that means. Um, that I don't th- still don't think they've settled on who's going to actually be the starter. Kenny Pickett played the entire second half. Uh, so he has the most yards and all of those types of things. Uh, but probably most of the news that's happening right now or looking at it is based on, you know, George Pickens. He's a menace. It's just who he is. You know, I follow Georgia football, having lived there for quite a few years. He's just a menace. He's always been a menace. And eventually it's going to catch up to him. You know, people are like, oh, he's like AB. He's going to be that good. Please remember that AB came into the league as a very quiet receiver and then came in and became a good receiver. And then he went crazy. Pickens hasn't done that yet. He's a rookie and he's coming in with all this bullshit already. And that's not a good look. And this league will humble you for sure. Uh, you know, again, he ain't Randy Moss. That, that's not who he is. He's a good wide receiver and they have a good set of wide receivers there. And they also have a culture there that doesn't genuinely put up with this stuff unless you actually done something first. So it'll be very interesting to see how Tomlin deals with him. Um, you know, he's a definite players coach and he can get in guys uh, ears and make them kind of fall in line. But Pickens is a special kind of nut job. So it'll uh, <laughs> it'll definitely see uh, tests like Tomlin's uh, leadership abilities to get something out of him without him doing something stupid and screwing the team. The Browns, it seems like they've been the fall, the last segment uh, to talk about on this podcast ever since they signed Deshaun Watson. Um before the game Friday night, they do win too, by the way. Before the game Friday night, um, he does issue, you know, finally being contrite and an apology to the women that he had harmed in this process. And um, he went out and the Bat- Jaguar fans booed the crap out of him, which was to be expected in Jacksonville, where there's probably like maybe 20,000 people there. And it was visibly and audibly loud. There were chants of, um, you sick fuck, uh, to him out there. And, you call it Russ, call the moment got to him, whatever it was. He looked terrible when he went out. I think he was either one of five or one of seven, something like that. He only completed one pass. He looked uncomfortable. There was a couple of drops, but, I mean, he just looked uncomfortable. And even if he the six-game suspension holds, 
the reception he's going to get from every place that's not Cleveland is going to be so ugly. Uh, so it looks like the ruling's going to come down from the NFL here. The league has been pushing for a, a year or an indefinite suspension. I'm sure that's what they're going to get. Um, I think this little late apology tour is probably trying to get a negotiation of a settlement in. You know, I heard that he was like, oh, I'll take eight games and a $5 million fine. It's too late. You should have, the Browns should have freaking offered you up for nothing anyway. And been like, yeah, you gave him six games. We're going to give him the maximum number that we can get him. And maybe the league backs off, but they didn't. So he's going to get a year. And again, he needs to just go away. Just go away. Go away. Nobody needs to see you. Nobody needs to hear about you. Go work at a women's shelter or do something, but just get out of everybody's faces, man. Like you are just, you need to go away and then let's see what happens after that year and, and make some decisions. But yeah, he just needs to go away. Um, yeah. So that's it. Uh, they yeah, all the Browns also did lose their starting center on the first play of the game. Uh, while he gets backed up completely into Deshaun Watson and his knee just kind of buckles, so he tears his ACL. But, uh, yeah, not good. Maybe they could be, but bring back JC Tratter. All right. Well, that's it, y'all. So if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you are going to hear, uh, Return of the Mac play us out in honor of Joe Burrow. Um, FYI, I hate this song so, so much, but it is probably appropriate for the moment as, uh, number nine, Joe Lee Burrow is back. At practice in Cincinnati. And again, as the countdown continues to September 11th against the Steelers. So as the producer of this podcast, I'm signing off. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We got archives, y'all. You can go back and listen to all of our stuff. You can also watch videos on our YouTube page at Who Day Over 40. So as Return of the Mac plays us out, I'm the producer. Peace, y'all. We'll see you later.